Good morning. Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. Day two, show three, because Renee and I were in here last <laughs> night late reacting live on the postgame show. Uh, and that's something that's going to be happening, you know, once or twice a week, come playoff time, probably every game. Uh, and last night, Renee, was a game. Um, I'm still pretty angry about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be calm because it is just a regular season game. But uh, I noticed on the roads this morning, either people were driving more and more like incredibly stupid people, or I'm still angry at the Phillies game and every little thing I saw on the road was <laughs> triggering me. I haven't really figured out which one it is yet, but last, last night was an emotional roller coaster. There was some good, but it was ultimately ruined by some bad. A lot of stuff to talk about today. We're actually going to throw up our first poll in the YouTube chat. And the poll's a simple one, Renee. We put one out on the PHLY underscore Phillies Twitter account this morning. And it's the thing I, I told you I was going to wake up thinking about <laughs> it. Should Rob Thompson have bunted JT Real Muto in the ninth inning there to get the double play out of, uh, you know, out of the game? And I woke up. Yeah, he should have. And... You know, I heard people last night on the radio. I saw people on social media saying, well, you know, JT hasn't laid down a sacrifice bunt since 2015. You don't do that there. B.S. If JT can't do it, Garrett Stubbs can. It's the right baseball play to make there. I fully believe in my heart and soul that the Phillies win that game last night if they played small ball and proper baseball. They didn't, and now today you're up against the ropes versus the Braves in a four-game series. Well, Jamie just jumped right in, and I, you know, it's it's morning time here. I'm going to take a step back here, Jamie, for those that are tuning into PHLY Phillies podcast. And first, say good morning. And oh, also, yeah, I love good the morning. fact that <laughs> it's okay. You know what? Jamie's been on one this morning and has been ready to just fire away. But I'm going to bring us back a little bit and reset a, a little. And I know there are some people that are have been waiting. They wanted us to start at 10 o'clock. I love the fact that people are holding us accountable, too. We love <laughs> accountability. It's not 10 o'clock when we started. We did start at 10.15, but we were also here up until midnight with the post-game show for those that had a chance to tune in live. If you missed it, check it on our podcast platforms. If you missed it also live and you want it to be there live, don't worry. We've got more uh, post-game shows coming your way. But look, it's, it's Wednesday. It's midweek. It was a frustrating day yesterday. Um, Jamie is a chef himself, so I know you just jumped right into the, to the main course. We <laughs> skipped the appetizer, but I am bringing us back to the appetizer and saying good morning from us here at PHLY Phillies podcast. But look, as you mentioned, some frustration, yeah. and the day did not go off as, start off as planned. Did you at least have the breakfast? That no, you I had? didn't. I laid um, in bed kind of depressed. Okay. Um, no eggs and, and breakfast. No, I did not the... make the eggs this morning for the girls. Uh, she, Paige was giving me a good cuddle, so I just kind 
kind of took that and, okay. and laid in bed and was kind of lazy and uh, woke up and just gave him some cereal. Um, <laughs> you know, Skylar, my oldest, is a Phillies nut. She can name the whole roster. It's really cute and adorable. And sometimes she does take away that uh, that sharp edge I have when you, you when you watch the game through kids' eyes again. Uh, and I usually tell her in the morning, oh, Phillies won, Phillies lost. And this morning I was like, Skylar, the Phillies lost in the most <laughs> frustrating fashion in the world because the offense came through late uh and to just see you had all the momentum it should have ended there in the ninth nick castellanos um he's got to move out of the four hole he just does that's a situation last night you got to see a pitch the book is out on you you're an aggressive hitter most of the time i love that jimmy rollins made a career uh a damn near hall of fame career i think he should get in uh of being aggressive and going after that first pitch Jimmy's a better hitter than Nick Castellanos. Sometimes situationally in baseball, it calls for a couple pitches to be seen. Uh, If guys know you're going after that first pitch, they're going to junk you up and throw you something with movement on it and and hope you top it and ground into a double play. And that's exactly what Nick did last night. You let Iglesias and the Braves off the hook there. Uh, We'll get into all the stats about how clutch the Phillies are late and also at the same time how much they can kind of blow it late because... I can't really put last night on Craig Kimbrell. The real pitching story last night was Zach Wheeler gave you his first stinker in about five or six starts. I can't get too angry at that. I can't get too angry at Kimbrell. To me, last night, it was all on the offensive decision of the head coach and the manager. You know, we put a a Twitter poll out, and we're going to put one up on YouTube to bunt or not to bunt last night. And (laughs) That is the question. Yeah. (laughs) And it's something about baseball that drives me nuts. Um, and and kind of new sport in all sports in a way because a lot of these new trends in sports I'm sure you see it in soccer when you're talking about the union you know football it's uh, you know the tush push last year became like a new trend there's always these new trends that take off in South Korea basketball they're they're attempting the bank shot free throws now all these new trends kind of take off take off take off and it's like People forget that the game existed before that, and all of a sudden, the old way is bad, and the new hot trend is good, and analytics, and blah, blah, blah. To me, situational baseball is never going to die. Yeah. And last night was a situational small ball game. You know, JT, he hasn't sacrificed bunt since 2015. I understand that. He probably doesn't practice bunting that much. But there is someone who can bunt. But Garrett Stubbs is on the bench. (laughs) And I heard Rob Thompson this morning talking about it. And he was asked directly, you know, do the guys on the team practice bunting. And he said, yeah, two to three times a week we get out there. He said, usually it's the guys at the bottom of the order. Garrett Stubbs, um, that they get out there and practice bunt for singles and sacrifice bunts. So if you feel like JT can't do it, then make the substitution, get Garrett Stubbs in there, have him drag one down the first baseline, you eliminate the double play, then you still have two outs, and all you need is a fly ball to win the game. I I just don't, I don't see the other side of it. And it's this new era of baseball and it, it's it, it frustrates me and now yeah. you know i might be an old man yelling at clouds here and you know this might be like my schwarber stance and and maybe a year from now i put on the cone of shame and admit i was wrong but i don't think i'm gonna be wrong i think that type of baseball is always there well there's a lot to unpack there jamie and the first thing you're talking about is just the fundamentals of the game and i know that's something that um when you look at a team like the braves and what separates them obviously offensively they've been phenomenal all season but what separates them from a team 
maybe like the Phillies right now is just to be able to have the little details. And at this stretch of the season, when you're talking about the fundamentals of making the right call to bunt or not to bunt, maybe bringing in stubs and, and making that decision late in the game that will help win that game. You know, that's the difference between being top of the standings and being in competition for that top wild card spot. And that's a separation that we've seen all season, honestly, for the Phillies specifically. Quick shout out to Garrett Stubbs, who did win the, uh, was announced he was one, the team winner of the 18th Annual Heart and Hustle Award. The MLBPAA announced that. So we'll find out officially if he's the overall winner in mid November. But either way, Garrett Stubbs not only got the award, but should have got the call up to maybe come in and be the one that, that bunted in that situation. But as you're also mentioning, um, the accountability piece, I know you guys even held us accountable for. We didn't start at 10 o'clock. You held us accountable. But it's time that the Phillies hold themselves accountable as well. Zach Wheeler did come out post-game, putting the loss on his shoulders. Absolutely, you look He's at right. the way that he started <laughs> and, and dug the Phillies in a hole. They're down 6-1. After being up a run, Zach Wheeler took full accountability, just admitting and saying that, you know, he's got to be better. And I, I agree with him. He said, this one's on me. I put us behind the eight ball a little bit. We had to fight back. I've got to do better. They fouled a lot of balls off. I didn't have my great stuff. He just was kind of grinding through it. And yes, I, I'm glad he took that accountability. But as Bryce Harper was saying, at this point in the season, these are games that you have to win. These are meaningful games. These are playoff teams that you're facing. And you want to make sure this late in the season that as you get down the stretch, you're able to close out not only the win, but the series the way that you're supposed to. Yeah, uh, Zach Wheeler, I mean, he's right. And I do. I, I always appreciate honesty from athletes and taking the blame and accountability. You know, you could tell through two innings last night. I think he had 43 pitches through two innings. Uh, they said Tom McCarthy during the game last night that I think 11 of the 25 batters were starting out with a 1-0 hitter's count mm -hmm. versus them. And, and that's just one of those times... There's not much you can do because the bullpen's getting worked. You you know, he's your ace. You want to ride him out and see if he can ride the ship. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't really able to last night. And Marcelo Zuna and the stupid arm flapping, <laughs> which, by the way, if I see it again today, I, I want a playoff brawl. I'm getting real I, – I went off on my Braves hate last night. The stupid arms in the air. Uh, somebody needs to catch one in the ribs. I, I feel like a caveman the way I'm talking. Hit him in the ribs and bunt the ball. <laughs> you know, like, just because it's the new trend in baseball doesn't mean you can't revert back to – classic baseball yeah uh, and that's the thing I woke up still angry about this morning I just if Bryce Harper can lay down a bunt then JT real Mutual can lay down a bunt yeah. if you're a two through five hitter I don't care you're not above playing small ball if it's the right time and situation for it uh, but Zach Wheeler you know I'm not worried about him he kind of gets yeah. a pass last night uh, the other question is going to be you know how does how does Aaron Nola Ranger Suarez and Taiwan Walker look down the stretch uh, because I was listening to uh, Rob Thompson, and he basically said his playoff rotation is more or less set unless, you know, health gets in the way. Yeah. And it's going to be those four guys. And I think he's right on that. It's kind of just the simplest answer. Sanchez and Lorenzen both have bullpen experience. Yep. So it's going to be on these four guys. And Taiwan Walker's struggling. Christopher Sanchez has been great lately. He's got a, a, you know, a big opportunity today versus Spencer Strider, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show. Uh, but it looks like those four guys are going to be it for the playoffs. Yeah. And we'll get an Aaron Nola start tomorrow versus a poor Cardinals team. And you just got to, you know, hopefully hope these guys right the ship because without them, 
I don't think we're playing into November. Yeah, we wondered as the six-man rotation had been playing out when the announcement came forward what the bullpen was going to look like. And as of now, as you mentioned, Michael Lorenzen, uh, Sanchez looking like most likely to be impacted and, and players that, you know, might be on the outside looking in. But we'll see for sure how the bullpen continues to shake out. I know in the comments you guys are continuing to ask about and make your comments about the bunting. Do we have the poll up, Coach? Are we rolling with the poll in the YouTube chat? Come on, Coach. Snap into gear. Put the poll in, Coach. Put us in. I'm going to come over there so and we poll have a you. Poll for anybody that um, hasn't had a chance, check out our poll on Twitter as well, on PHLY underscore Phillies. We do have a Twitter poll going, but we do also have a poll that we're dropping in on YouTube. We want to see, if, if are we crazy or is it that we're correct? Because sometimes there's a fine line, and I think we're on the correct side here of to bunt or not to bunt. So I don't see I the, see the other comments side, frankly. are flaming with bunt, bunt, bunt. But also I do see uh, Dan... Berg Bergvall, I'm so sorry if I said your name incorrectly. What do you say, Dan? Said that JT hasn't laid down a successful bunt since 2015. That's correct. Swing away or pinch hit with stubs. I mean, it's it's KYP in sports. We always talk about know your personnel. And Rob Thompson down the stretch in clutch moments has continuously dropped the ball. And when you look at the stats, the Phillies have had a game tying or go ahead home run in the eighth or ninth inning five times in the last three weeks. And in those five games, how many have they won? Zero. Big old goose egg. 0 and 5 in games where down the stretch, you are actually getting hits. We've talked about getting hits when you have runners in scoring position. Home runs have been, honestly, the, the backbone of this team. And down the stretch, the Phillies have had that. They've had game tying or go ahead run homers. But then on the other side, you're not coming out with that win. So what does that say about the identity of the team? Yes, they can claw back. Yes, they're re resilient. But 0-5 in games, when you look across the last three weeks, that you had a chance to – you had the momentum. Yeah. It's a winnable game, and you dropped the ball, sometimes quite literally, and yes. lose the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite frustrating. And our own Charlie O'Connor has a, a piece up on allphly.com today that basically says something along those same lines, that this team's built for the playoffs – and as frustrating as last night is, you know, there's a lot of positive to take out of it. And that positive is what you just brought up. Obviously, you don't want to go 0 for 5 in those yeah. situations. But the fact of the matter is, in the sixth inning or later, the Phillies have 116 runs uh, to their opponent's 76 runs. So late, they're clutch. And you saw it from Trey Turner last night, which, you know, the first three, three and a half, four months of the season – I just said, if Trey Turner can come around, this team is going to make a run. Yeah. He's come around, and now other things are going wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's pretty frustrating there. Uh, but check out Charlie's piece. It's up on the website. We'll tweet it out. Uh, and uh, I'll implore everyone to follow at PHLY underscore Phillies. That's going to be kind of your alert notice when we're going live on air. Yeah. We'll share the stories from our beat guys uh, on that <laughs> channel as, long, as well as watch the game along with you live on social media. Uh, wow. To address uh, real quick two of the comments, <laughs> Barbara, yes, the flip-flops are on today. <laughs> and Rev Dad, yes, I know the Phillies are off on Thursday. I misspoke. Cardinal series starts Friday. The Phillies said, yeah, the Eagles are playing Thursday night. We'll let you guys have that day. We'll, yeah. we'll resume on Friday. So, yes, Nola is on the mound Friday for a big one there. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, a hypothetical man. Turner may put out a 30-30 season. Absolutely. Which Wasn't is incredible no considering where he was the first three months of the season. Honestly, not only is Trey Turner in, in – 
the path of having a 30-30 season, but honestly setting us up for a 30-for-30 30 30 type of a documentary story of what this <laughs> season has been. You look at Trey Turner from the standing ovation early August, even having little Tatum, and now being able to have this phenomenal season that could be a 30-30 season, and just we didn't expect to be here with Trey Turner, but I love the fact exactly as you talked about. We t- we challenged Trey Turner to step up, and Trey Turner has done that. And now it's a matter of can we get the Phillies on the right track? Can we right the ship? Can we also turn that corner? Also in the chat, you guys pay attention. Let's just point that out. You're calling out Jamie with the flip-flops. You're calling out Coach, letting Coach know, put the hot dog down and give us the poll. The people want the poll. The people have spoken. Coach, drop the poll. Well, the early results on the Twitter <laughs> um, account was uh, nearly... <laughs> I think There's it was the poll. N- nearly 91% of the people we put out on the PHLY underscore Phillies account agreed. You got to get a bunt down in that situation. I-, I frankly just don't see the other side. I, you know, I heard somebody I know last night in respect say it's just not going to happen. You know, 29 other managers, 30 other managers in baseball aren't going to lay down a bunt there. And that's that new school, old school divide. And baseball kind of lends to it more than a lot of the other sports. I frankly just don't see the other side. Yeah. You know, I understand, especially when you see JT leave the box and say, I can't hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. The the hardest part about being a baseball manager is pushing the right buttons in the bullpen and knowing your guy's psyche and mentality. Because the real job of the manager is kind of being that clubhouse father, uh, making sure everybody's kind of staying. It's a grind, man. The season is long. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of their job. And if Rob Thompson knows JT struggling at the box, which he kind of has been all year, this is a really down year for JT, that's even more so a reason to bring in Garrett Stubbs to lay down that bunt. So it's an old school, new school divide thing. But at the same time, I just don't see the new school um, thought there, frankly, at all. And and that's where, as you mentioned, for, for a manager, it's their role to manage these players, manage the rotations. I mean, it's, it, it's always a weird dichotomy, I feel like, in professional sports because everybody says, these are adults. These are ta- the best of the best. They can coach themselves. And no, that's you have managers there that, especially down the stretch, can make those decisions and say, you know what? I'm going to hold you accountable, JT. You're not, you're not the one that we want to step up. If you maybe can't come and deliver on the, on the bunt, let's bring in stubs and let's make sure we can make that happen. But it's up to the managers to make those tough decisions sometimes. And Rob Thompson right now, we've seen – not always be able to come through. Last season, I know we talked about this. Somebody mentioned this yesterday in our post-game show. Last season, Rob Thompson was a, was clutch in, in some moments down the stretch. This season, it's been kind of hit or miss. So we do want to get into writing the ship, but I know we also mentioned the fact that Thursday is the Vikings-Eagles game. Obviously, then Phillies resume on Friday. So for anybody that's looking to buy tickets, whether it's Thursday, Friday, any other day, to a game, to a concert, you can absolutely check out and get those tickets for a nice, easy process working through the Game Time app. Now, the Game Time app, phenomenal job of just giving you the best prices, the best opportunities to buy those tickets so you have the great seats, you get access to the hot dogs and whatever else, and now you and your buddies can sit and enjoy the game or the concert, and you can use the code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. So PHLY is the code on Game Time app so that you can experience all the fun at whatever venue, entertainment, concert, game that you want to go to because Game Time app has our back here in Philly and has your back as well. Well, let's talk about who's got our back with the Phillies. 
uh, there needs to be some changes that have happened. As we've been talking about we, the, the bunt gate, I'm going to call it, to bunt mm. or not to bunt. Well, Jason that we've Coletti, been real through. quick in the chat, he <laughs> says, Jamie, JT can't bunt. He's never done and it. That's then you walk Casty. Yeah, this is why baseball is great because yeah. – Everything like yeah okay I'll take the bases loaded there yeah let's see how the but let's see how saying. the pitcher let's see how tight his sphincter gets mm -hmm. with the bases loaded and the game on the line like that's a situation I want okay fine walk Castellanos then yeah. if I'm if I'm not mistaken it's Boom coming up next so yeah give me a tight sphincter pitcher on the mound with the bases loaded in an opponent's ballpark and one of your actually your best batter with runners in scoring position at the plate so Jason I agree with you JT can't bunt you either bring in stubs lay down the bunt play situational baseball or let JT swing which he did he strikes out and then it's a double play and all of a sudden the innings over in the blink of an eye part yeah. of it is just keeping that threat alive and sure. a double play is an absolute backbreaker in that situation as soon as that happened I went games over yeah and we're gonna get into the uh, extra innings nonsense yeah. <laughs> of a guy on second. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Jason. Uh, but give me that situation. Give me a bases loaded pitcher on the mound starting to sweat bullets with the Philadelphia crowd going nuts. And that's where you just you need to make the simple play just to keep the inning alive, just to keep the game alive in this situation. And I and honestly, as we talk about, it's it's KYP. It's making the adjustments. It's making the simple decision. And you don't need to win the game in, in just that one play. We just need to keep it going. And if bases are loaded, I, I like our chances uh, there. But I'm I do also like the point about there is always a positive spin. It's a uh, root of root of Rudavad is how I believe you say your name on YouTube. And the other positive spin, if we can pull up the split today, it took, you know, the Phillies took the best team in the in the NL, two extra innings, games, uh, games where they were down, able to come back. You know, this is this is a positive spin for sure, but right now it just hurts a little bit because it's also a game that sh could have and should have been won. But after dropping the Miami series, here we are again, the Phillies on the brink of dropping a, another series that's winnable, another series where they had comebacks and leads that fell short and uh, now it's a question of what are those next steps you know how do you write the ship we've got world series expectations is it a change is it just tightening things up is it rob thompson being better with management and and just managing the game overall is it all of the above there's not really <laughs> a whole lot you can do you just have to kind of hope your guys yeah uh you know play up to their expectation the hardest job rob thompson has is look i'd move castellanos out of the four hole without a doubt um, you know, I'm open to suggestions who you put in there. Maybe you just simply, I know Bohm doesn't have the power. Some of the other guys do, but he's, he's your most clutch hitter with runners in scoring position. Maybe you give him in the four hole and a non-traditional look at that. Something with Castellanos has to happen. He's got to be out of that four hole. Oof. But the real thing is, how's he going to manage the bullpen? Uh, does he realize Sir Anthony... Uh, is kind of cooked in high leverage situations right now. I don't think his teammates have uh, confidence in him. Uh, Jose Alvarado can give him all the friendship necklaces he wants, but I, I just don't <laughs> think Sir Anthony's your guy in a tight spot late. I'd rather go with a Hoffman right now. I'd rather go with a Strom right now. Um, even Alvarado looked really good last night. You know, the, the heart of the Braves order came up there in the ninth, and Alvarado came through for you. So to me, the, the toughest job Rob Thompson has is, is managing this bullpen correctly. Yeah. It's the hardest job any manager has in baseball. Uh, but right now, Sir Anthony, to me, is kind of the key to all of this because he's just not good enough. And 
Uh, I'm going to chalk it up, and I'm going to think positive about the future. This is all since his return from the IL. His, his strikeout rate has dropped 20% since he returned from the IL. I just don't think it's going to happen right now. Once you get into the playoffs, you get a couple days rest in between games and series and all that, so you can kind of manage it a little bit easier. But right now, with starters not going late, Rob Thompson's kind of his, – his ass is on the griddle here with how he manages his bullpen. And with Red October and baseball being back, guess what? We're going to hyperanalyze everything because that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, and that's the fun of baseball. You know, it's, it's a torment – but it's also fun because there's so many different situations and thoughts and, you know, people in the chat are probably going to say things um, that, you know, I, I agree with and maybe I didn't think of. And that's the beauty of uh, a great sports city and a community like we have here growing at All City and PHLY uh, that we get to talk about this and talk it out. And we're not going to break stuff and give you hot takes and, and we're just going to talk through it and hopefully have more fun than we don't. Uh, <laughs> But I think Rob's got his hands full uh, with managing this bullpen. Yeah, and the, the chat is just pouring in with thoughts of whether it's Nick Castellanos, Sir Anthony, um, Strom, Schwarber, just, just some different thoughts across the board. But I know we're talking a lot about the Phillies specifically, what they can control, because that's what we, we focus on, controlling the controllables. But also there's been some heat for some accountability for some uh, other people on the diamond as well, the umpires. And I know looking at that game yesterday, we saw Wheeler through three consecutive strikes to uh, Austin Riley during the first inning. Home play umpire Edwin Mascasso called each of them a ball. Come on, Edwin. Um, and, and we saw throughout the course of the game that there were some pitches that, honestly, whether it was Philly, whoever was pitching, you kind of scratched your head at. And on Twitter specifically, I know there were some people questioning just some of these calls and, and calling for umpires to be held accountable. I don't like to weigh in on officiating in general unless I'm playing personally because I just never agree with the call. Um, but I don't know. Are, do you feel like that's something that really has been a huge game changer when you talk about a ball versus a strike. Yes. It's, 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 it's this late in the season, we're seeing it a lot. And how are we going to, we're talking about it. What is going to be done to help hold umps accountable and well, make sure they they're get, making the right know, They get their grades after the game, but like, is, is your average baseball fan going and looking at umpire grades? No, because that's like the biggest nerd shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, not saying I don't do it, because I do follow MLB umpire grades on, on okay, Twitter. Okay, that's uh, why you're speaking but, from experience. Yeah, ever <laughs> since, the, ever since they put it. the strike zone box up there, <laughs> it's really kind of, like Kimbrel threw one last night, high inside, on the black, 97 miles an hour, a perfect pitch, the batter laid off, of it it's called a ball and that right there i can't wait for robo umps ever since that strike zone got put on tv people notice it more and more and they talk about it more and more i can't personally wait for robo umps i don't think it's going to happen next year i think maybe the year after that it's going to happen you'll still have these toads sitting behind the plate uh <laughs> for the human element so it's not like they're going to lose jobs or anything like that but i i personally eliminate the error i don't like <laughs> you have the technology and the ability to make the calls perfect yeah um it's 2023 let's stop acting like this is 1893 major league baseball 
just just go with robo umps and you have the real human there for the plays at the plate for you know all the calls that are going to be necessary um so i for one can't wait for robo umps i don't know how you feel about it but take the human error out of it and, and consistency. It's just going to yeah. give you consistency. Whether the Braves are getting calls, the Phillies are getting calls, whoever. Like, I'll admit when the Phillies get lucky, um, it happens. You know, it usually cancels each other out, kind of. But I just want that consistency because ump to ump, you get different strike zones on different players. And, yeah. and it's just a frustrating. It's not a reason they lost last night. It's just I can't wait for robo-umps. Yeah, and I, I agree with your point, Neil Deaver, that you're saying of just allow one quick challenge per batter. Um, you know, there's technology that different sports have. I know we've seen everything from VAR and challenges and just finding ways to... Oh, VAR sucks. I know, and I see it all the time, <laughs> especially in soccer. You see it all the time. It's like, and you're like, oh, no, here we go again. It's like like over the monitor. Over the line. Um, but you know what? Umps, officials, referees, they're human too. And yeah. the consistency as you talk about, yes, you do all the training, but it's all perception. And we get a, the chance of seeing all the replays. We see the strike zone. We can argue about it they're calling it in real time which obviously is totally different I can give them that but this is what your job is and I always struggle with us making excuses for people not doing their job this is what you're trained to do this is what you spend years and years doing and when you're not able to perform and you're now making calls that are drastically changing the game no I'm not going to fully blame them because Phillies you got to take care of business it starts with you Zach yeah. Miller but it wouldn't hurt <laughs> if maybe some of these calls were correct and you're not like, what is happening here? And and it's a whole game-changing play that just continues so, to grow. Super, super dude in the chat says, I want a robo bullpen. <laughs> yeah, I want a bunch of Henry Rowan Gardeners in the bullpen out there just throwing gas. Um, oh, it is football in other countries. It is soccer Sam, here. Over Sam here, it's England. soccer. I know. You know. Yeah, football, soccer, it's it's here. But The tennis technology yes, is awesome. The tennis technology is awesome. That, that is pristine. Cricket and rugby has it down, too. I've been to cricket matches over in Australia. I'm a, a bit of a cricket... Well, I don't follow it now, but when I was over there, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I got into it. Uh, I'm no cricket expert, to be honest, but I like that Sam from England, first of all, is joining us from England, but also is... I'm, I'm assuming you're still in England. I don't know if you're... Yes, he moved, is. But I'm going to assume you're still in England. He comes over at least yeah. once a year to go to games and oh, stuff. Yeah, I've, there you I've go. met Sam before. Oh, He's a great dude. Uh, but yeah, it's like baseball is the only sport that hasn't really Had implemented it. that technology to make the game better. Um, you know, is baseball behind in that sense? Kind of. I mean, of. like, it feels they like love, so many sports It's America's have, game. They love yeah. the nostalgic history crap about it. And baseball's great. But you have the technology to eliminate and a human error and make it kind of perfect and consistent. And I can't wait for robo-umps. Really looking forward to it. Get the Angel Hernandez's of the world off my TV. These guys, <laughs> Some of these guys think they're the stars of the game. And that it's really frustrating. That is my problem, actually. I feel like... What you should not have a game where you recognize the umps or the officials. If you are calling them out by name, if you're talking about them at all, that means they're not doing their job. The game should be left up to the players and the coaches, and we shouldn't even have to worry about what call we did or didn't like. So when it gets to the point where you're constantly talking about umps in this case, that's an issue. That means something's wrong and needs to be changed. I love the fact that we're seeing some familiar names and faces in the chat. Justin, welcome back. Um, Sam, who we talked about, welcome back. But I, I agree. It's time for baseball, Major League Baseball sp specifically, because we're seeing it in Minor League Baseball, to catch up, to get more advanced, and to make sure that you're 
doing the, the players a service and making the right call, at least let's get like 95%. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be perfect, but let's get a little and, closer. And look, the reviews from minor league players that have been playing with it are all positive. Pitchers yeah. like it. Um, you know, it's a good thing. I saw somebody in there say the umpire union's too strong. They're never going to allow it. Yeah. No, they're not going to lose any jobs from it. Their job's actually mm -hmm. going to get easier because they're going to be let off the hook uh, of uh, hoagie mouth Philadelphians cursing out their <laughs> families because it's all going to go to the machine. So there's still going to be, you know, your infield umps, your, your foul line umps, your home plate ump. Um, they're all going to be there. They're not going to lose jobs. So the I union really has no issue in it other than wanting to flex and wanting them to be there so to well, me the, i don't think it's going to be an issue and the other thing is my, my last point i hopefully my last point on this is i'll use var for example and i know uh, anybody that's seen var in soccer and football it's frustrating when you see the officials do the do the motion and you're like oh great the game's gonna stop we're gonna go look at this call again but there's something reassuring when you know they've taken an extra look they've seen it from different angles too i've been involved in those var in those reviews well not as an official but i've been up close as they're reviewing it and they get to see it from different angles they can slow it down they can rewind it so it just allows them to to really have a chance to take a step back and look at it again which reassures you that whatever call they do make, you still may not like, but you at least feel more comfortable with, knowing that, okay, they had a chance to take a look at it. So same thing with challenges. If, all right, you're taking the moment to challenge it. You're looking at it again. So now you do have the rowdy fans, the players. We're not attacking you as much because we know you've at least done your due diligence to try to make the right call. Yeah, and you know what's always the right call? Using DraftKings Sportsbook. Football's back in full swing, and our birds are in action tomorrow night in an epic game. And you know who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? Well, well, that's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. DraftKings customers, all DraftKings customers, not even the new ones, can take advantage of the two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL action week two with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY. P-H-L-Y. It's everywhere on social media these days, so it should be fresh in your mind and on the tip of your tongues. New customers bet $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sports Code our sports book with code PHLY. The crown is yours. If you, it's anything like last year's Vikings game, you might want to look at a Justin Jefferson under tomorrow night because Slay put his ass in prison last year. Gambling <laughs> problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or to text hope ny in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varieties uh, by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> catch a breath after that one. I uh, think you know, as we are talking through here on PHLY Philly's podcast, um, you know, it's always great to take a step back and and analyze everything we've talked about. 
the bullpen. We've recapped last night's game three. We've recapped the series as a whole. We've talked about the umps and, and just our thoughts on how that can be changed, adding maybe a little bit extra time to review calls. But also, let's look ahead. Game four. It's a big one. Honestly, as we talked about, and I know it was mentioned in the chat, yes, we're frustrated, but there's still opportunity to, to split the series. You can still tie this up. And also just having those losses as close as they were, seeing the way that the Phillies battled, came back. A lot of encouraging takeaways and positive spins we can make, but also still opportunity. So looking at Christopher Sanchez versus Spencer Strider, um, this game four matchup, the lineups yeah. as a whole – Jamie, I'll, I'll turn it to you. What are you looking forward to game four? Um, and, and what are your thoughts leading into it? Well, Christopher Sanchez has been really good lately. Um, you know, but Spencer Strider's had the Phillies number a little bit this year. Uh, I have his splits here versus the Phillies. Uh, if I can just find them, here they are. He's 2-0 and with a 2.25 ERA versus the Phillies this year. 18 Ks in 12 innings. Um, so he's been pretty good against the Phillies. I know they got to him last year in the playoffs. You know, that might have been a case of uh, a young buck getting his call up on the big stage and having some nerves. Uh, maybe he's, uh, you know, moved past that a little bit. Um, I don't think he's intimidated by the fi the Phillies at all. If I had to uh, place a wager today, I would... Um, I would unfortunately take the Braves. So you should, if you're smart, you'll fade me, take the Phillies, you'll cash in. Uh, but I maybe it's the pessimism from last night, but I kind of feel like the Braves are going to take this one today. Oh, Jamie, you woke up choosing pessimism yeah, today sorry. and violence. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like the hard part with the Phillies is all season we've been pretty back and forth. The moment you kind of get your hopes up, they get – just shot down. So I could see this game going either way. I, I'm just interested to see how the Phillies respond. Yesterday, again, they talked about it. Um, and even, even Bryce was mentioning how they're not overly worried and they're not um, letting these losses weigh on them, so to speak. It's weighing on us, though. And it's time to make sure you're closing out these games, especially when you come back, especially when you have a lead, uh, to make sure you can close out and get the win this point of, at this point in the season. So I'd like to see how... I just want to see how the Phillies respond. Are you going to come back, show that same resilience we saw in game well, two and that we've seen all season? Or are you going to come back and have these... These are small errors where it's like, if only... Zach Wheeler had had pitched better or Nick Castellanos just hits better or JT Bunt. There's these small things along the game that add up and any one of those done differently, this is a victory we're talking about. So I'm hoping that at this point, it, it's time to have exactly as I mentioned earlier, have the ability to pay attention in little details to have that separation, be a top team. That's what the Braves have been doing, unfortunately, consistently, that we don't like, but we've been seeing them do. The, the offensive hitting's fantastic, but they're also taking care of the little details. The Phillies need to do the same. Yeah, I mean, if you want to put the positive spin on it, the resiliency that the Phillies show you, uh, and Charlie wrote about it this morning on the website, is an extreme positive. So right. I don't think they're going to be down on themselves about last night. I don't think they're going to be sour pusses today out there on the field and take it with them. You know, if anybody's suited to go out there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Braves today, it's this Phillies clubhouse. Um, you know, they understand. It's just, it's just frustrating because of they're showing you the comeback potential right. and then squandering it. Like Bryson Stott coming in cold last night, and, you know, he gets the night off and he comes in and does what he does. Uh, him and Bryce go yard there mm -hmm. um, and the Vegas boys come up huge for you and then Trey Turner in the ninth. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. 
um, the resiliency this team shows you. So from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a live dog as ever today. Uh, so that's a great thing to talk about. You know what's not a great thing, Renee? And I want to bitch and moan more about the rules of baseball here. <laughs> I couldn't be more over the automatic runner on second in extra innings. Now, when it first came out, I went, all right, like, I'll give it a shot because I was very anti four and a half hour baseball games. Like, I, yeah. I just, I, you know, look, I know a lot of people out there, you know, are, are the, uh, the midnight warriors. Well, I'm washed by 1030. I'm, sh I'm, a, I'm shot. So like I was getting real sick of like fighting to stay awake to watch the end of games. So anything to speed up the game, I was I was all for now that the pitch clock is implemented, do away with a runner on second. It really feels unbaseball like mm -hmm. and I'm not only saying that because the Phillies are losing these games as we talked about earlier you know what 0-5 in their last five uh, extra inning games it's just it feels unnatural it feels cheap uh, I don't like it even if the Phillies were 5-0 and in those yeah. five games I still wouldn't like it it just feels like too fundamental of a rule change to the game like the pitch clock to me that makes a ton of sense um, that's sped up the game. I love that. Now that that's yeah. there, ditch the player on second. It's not baseball. Like one single and you get a run. It's just, it's cheap. It, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well with me. Uh, so I really yeah. hope that's something they consider changing again because they probably won't because it would mean admitting a mistake. That's but, true. Uh, but I hate it. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I. I, I hate it. It feels redundant. It feels unnecessary. I, I agree. I think there's no reason for it. I know you're saying it. Justin's saying it. Um, Justin's Alex, a smart man. Justin and Alex are saying it. Um, it. It just feels like there's no need. The pitch clock, I thought, was the, the main rule change that just I agree with. Oh, it it's great. It speeds the game up. Yeah. It just it allows games to be a little bit shorter or a lot shorter and just more predictable. I, I hated the fact you go to the ballpark. You might be there for two hours. You might be there for six hours. You have no idea. But now we know, okay, it's, the game's going to move along. And unless there's extra innings, we're extending the game. But I, um, I do think there's ways. Oh, that's a, a good suggestion, Neil. I Maybe I, start the runner on second in the 12th inning. Like, I, don't, I, think I don't mind that. There's always rules. Yeah, I agree. Neil's got some good ideas, and you've had some great comments. We have so smart fans here at such, All City. Such smart fans. We're we're intelligent here. Very very intelligent and educated fans. Yeah. But I do think there's ways to tweak it, and I would imagine and hope that they're having these same conversations. We can't be the only ones here in Philly that are looking at it saying, eh, I, you tried, but this isn't exactly what you thought it I was going to be. I would have to imagine that most baseball fans don't like it. Yeah. I haven't seen one person in the chat say, no, I really like the zombie runner. No, it's stupid. It's cheap. Um, I understand speeding up the game. I'm all for that, but this is, this is not it. Um, so hopefully, like you said, hopefully it's something they talk about because uh, I don't want to have to tweet about it all the time. Uh, you know, people are... Jamie loathes it. <laughs> it's, it's loathes it. Doesn't, yeah. yeah, it like completely hates it. But it is all, as you're saying, Dom Lewis, it's all to make the game quicker. We get that. It definitely um, has taken its toll. And with all these changes... There's, you know, look, I'm all for throwing things out there and seeing what sticks and seeing what you can roll with, but I think this one needs to be adjusted and maybe just tweaked to being after the 11th. I yeah, agree. Yeah, Chris Miller says after the 11th. 11th, 12th, whatever. Let's vote for that. Where, yeah. do we, where do we submit? Can we write an angry letter? Where do we submit? Well, Rob Manfred's a, a big <laughs> listener of the show. So, yeah, let's so, Rob, come on. Let's put this one before the rules committee uh, and do away with it. It just doesn't make sense. Let's go protest. You know, what do we have to do? Let's make this change happen. Because in the old days, look, when you had games that went to the 17th inning and 18 innings that's 
absurd because these players have a long ass yeah. season as it is. Oof. To play two games, the equivalent of two games in one night, is ridiculous. So yeah, I'm all for it. 11th, 12th inning. Give me at least two or three innings of actual baseball before you you, you trot out this nonsense. Uh, real quick on the game line tonight. Uh, the Braves are a minus 166 favorite on DraftKings right now, meaning you got to risk $166 to win 100 That is a pretty substantial favorite there over Christopher Sanchez, who comes in at plus 140. Um, yeah, I mean, me personally, baseball is my least favorite sport to bet just because the run lines have so many factors and variables yeah. that can affect it and change all the time. Like last night, if you had the Braves run line, you're sitting pretty. Uh, and then all of a sudden in the eighth inning, you're going, ah, oh, crap. Uh, and then the money lines are too expensive. 166 is pretty expensive if you were going to bet the game today. But I, I like Spencer Strider today. I do. I think the Phillies are going to go one and three in this series. Uh, and we'll take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard from last night. They're still a playoff team. Like, it's not yeah. sky is falling, uh, but it's definitely planting the seed uh, of worry and doubt, uh, yeah. especially with this bullpen. Zach Wheeler, I, I brushed that one aside because he's been great lately. That was the main reason because he lost everybody last has night. an off day. Absolutely. You know, we all have one. And, and he's a big game <laughs> pitcher, and he'll show up yeah. in the playoffs. Now, Aaron Nola on Friday night, that's going to be one uh, where the microscope is out, and I'm um, fully watching every pitch and his demeanor and how he looks. Uh, Christopher Sanchez, I feel pretty good about, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, Spencer Strider, probably not so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, with that loss, it does close the gap between the Phillies and the Cubs. Fortunately, our our uh, Denver, you know, out in, in Colorado, they did help us out a bit, to say the least. Yeah, the good Chicago job, Rockies. Loss, so thank you to uh, the Rockies for that help. But, but <laughs> yeah, shout out to our uh, DNVR Rockies crew for that help and assist. Because, look, we want to control the controllables, but every once in a while you need an assist, and they were able to step in and help. But as you talk about for wild card, the wild card race, playoff implications, um, yeah, definitely need to win these games. I'm hoping the Phillies can tie this up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they're going to tie it up tonight. All right, I hope I'm you're gonna, right. I'm going to go opposite. I hope I'm correct. Too. I would love to be wrong. Yeah, this is one that I hope I'm correct about. But, um you know, taking a look at just kind of where we are right now in the season in terms of standings and everything, uh, we got we got to look at it. Yeah, I mean, this is scoreboard watching season. Something you know, there's always like the, the baseball. They say is like you know one of the most romantic sports just because it's old and dusty. Um, but one of the things about baseball. I absolutely love is listening to it on the radio and when Scott Fransky calls a home run <laughs> over the out-of-town scoreboard it always puts a smile on my face something about the out-of-town scoreboard uh, because you don't really see it that much in the other sports you know what I yeah. mean when you're at a Sixers game it's not flashing Knicks scores and uh, no. you know wizard scores and bull scores uh, same with football you might get you know the, the scroll real quick but baseball is the one where it's permanently there something about the out-of-town scoreboard I love uh, and we just flashed the graphics from last night. Coach, if you can put that back up again for the good people. Uh, they're still firmly in the top wild card spot there. They got a game and a half lead on the Cubs, who went down to the Rockies last night. The Diamondbacks are just pesky and won't go away. Uh, and then you have the Reds, the Marlins, and the Giants. Gabe Kapler and the San Fran Giants, uh, you know, mediocre roster, and they just continued to hang. But the, the best thing about this is the Marlins are now tied for the third spot. 
I'm assuming MLB put it in the tiebreaker order. Uh, so luckily the Diamondbacks and Reds are still ahead of them. Uh, so that's a good thing because of those teams right now, the one I least want to see is the Miami Marlins. Yeah. One, because the game could be in Miami. Uh, and two, they just kind of have the Phillies number a little bit. So bring on the Reds, bring on the Cubs, bring on the Diamondbacks, bring on the Giants. Uh, just give me anybody but the Marlins there, and I'll, I'll be a pretty happy Phillies fan. Yeah, and that's what we're hoping to do to the Braves, to have that same feeling where Atlanta fans don't want to see the Phillies. So hopefully they tie this up today, but I agree with you. When you're looking at who potentially the Phillies can, can face in the first round, yeah, I mean, I don't want to face the Marlins. Um, no, thank you. But and I, and I don't want to face the Brewers. You know, a uh, hypothetical man is saying the Brewers are kind of scary. Yeah, they've really hit their stride here yeah. in, in the last month and a half. And, uh, you know, Burns and some of their pitchers have really come around, and, and they've been pretty nasty lately. Uh, so that wouldn't be a fun one, but I'm not – I'm not scared of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because you look, the Phillies have playoff pedigree that they showed you last week, uh, last year. And Rob Thompson this morning, I was listening to him, and he said, "We're built for the playoffs." And they are. And he's and he's right. I mean, they are because of that clubhouse and that camaraderie and their potential to smash. Uh, it's just, you know, what is Aaron Nola? That's. That's the biggest question going into this because he's going to be facing the Spencer Striders of the world. He's going to be facing, you know, the number twos who are, who are pretty good around baseball with these teams. So, you know, what NOLA are you getting? That might – and Sir Anthony, how are you using them? Mm -hmm. Those, to me, are the two biggest questions as we gear up for Red October. Some major question marks. I know we are already nearing um, the last 20 minutes or so that somebody was asking earlier and if we're going to be going the full hour. Absolutely, we will be. We have plenty to get into today. Um, but I do want to shift a little bit. First, I want to let people know about FOCO. FOCO does provide you with opportunities to get any sort of merchandise, apparel, toys, whatever it may be. They are the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that covers a wide range of things that you can purchase. So be sure to check out FOCO. They've hooked PHLY up with a lot of our awesome pieces that you can shop for and you can check them out as well. So it's code PHLY that will give you that 10% off. FOCO always has your back to get the best gear around by using the link that's in our description to get that 10% off. Now, we've been talking a lot about the Phillies. We've been talking a lot about just recapping the series so far, but I want to take a step back and talk about something that's important because as we're watching games, we're talking about a double header. We're talking about two hours, three hours. I don't know about you guys, but I, I like to grub while I watch a game. And uh, I just want us to show this lovely Reddit comment coach on the screen that I came across and I saw on Twitter that was blowing up of just the conversation the around what you're, eating, what you're eating at games. Now, the question is about spaghetti. Apparently, <laughs> according to this Reddit post, at Citizens Bank Park, you are allowed to have spaghetti in a bag and bring it into the stadium. Um, somebody said they opted for some pasta salad. There was some leftover in the fridge, and they let them in with no questions asked. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And it led to a whole thread of conversation around what people have brought into the ballpark. I saw people posting their pictures of their pasta salad. So not only have we seen them talking about it, they posted proof. The pictures don't lie. I saw a plastic Ziploc bag with pasta salad and the fork, plastic of course, safety fork. first, yeah. 
at the, at the ballpark, sitting up high watching the Phillies game. And I want to know, like, what's the most ridiculous thing that you've brought into a game that, uh, or any concert or venue that you want to openly share? Because Are we talking legal or not and, legal? It could be either one. I mean, we've all done our fair share of illegal activity, um, <laughs> some more than others. Just kidding, cops, if you're watching. <laughs> but uh, the pasta salad or spaghetti in a bag is different. Yeah. That's, honestly, I think I would try it. Uh, I'm all for it. I, I've always always found spaghetti in a bag to be hilarious ever since Charlie Kelly and It's Always Sunny <laughs> oh, in Philadelphia yeah. when he's going to the spa and he's like, what's your uh, spaghetti policy? <laughs> to me, it's just a funny thing. But yeah, seriously, in this economy with the, with the prices at the stadiums, uh, bring in whatever the hell you can. Uh, as long as it's in a clear wrapping or bag, you can bring it in. So the weirder, the better. Like, if you want to bring in some smoked ribs, you know, go for it. If you want to bring in spaghetti in a bag, you know, some soup in a thermos. I don't know if that's allowed in. Uh, I don't know. You know it's, it's becoming soup season. Look, it gets a little chilly in Citizens Bank Park late in the year. So uh, I support anything. The weirder, the better. I personally am, am a pretty dumb person, so I always end up buying something. Uh. Um, and I'm not economically smart like that. I should bring in stuff. Uh, but I have brought in hoagies before. They're just kind of easy. Yeah. Uh, I've never never branched out to anything too weird, uh, but I'm not opposed to a little spaghetti in the bag. Well, since we're having a conversation, <laughs> and I love that people are sharing. Alex, you also bring in a hoagie, chips, and candy. Um, hypothetical man you're talking about. You had a friend bring in crab dip once. I Ooh. love that. But you know what? That's that's risky. I, In my opinion, I don't know what you're bringing it into the game with. Um, I don't know if it's a Tupperware. I don't know. Like, what? If it's an unopened, maybe it's those, like, small ones, the ones that are sold that you can easily, like, yeah. take to go. Um, but I, I do think that... With prices being so high, if I'm not credentialed to go to a game, because I am absolutely a penny pincher, I will without a doubt bring something in. Like, just because. Because you don't... You know, I, you don't want to have to worry about buying the expensive bottles of Dasani or the drink. Oh, you or don't even like paying like, $6 like, for a bottle of water? No, no when I can pay $6 for a case of water. And, yeah. on, and honestly, when you look at the fact that there's the drinks are expensive, the food is expensive. So, you know, I love I loved the challenge of being able to smuggle some things in. And then if you have, like, young kids with you, that's always oh, the easy God. one. Because you can easily just say, hey, I'm just bringing in this small thing of whiskey for my baby. Yeah. Bam. It's for so her gums. It's for their gums. <laughs> exactly. They need to eat this entire hoagie and ribs. That's for them. My, but I uh, think it's things, for me, it's things that don't smell as much. Yes. You have to have something that you can conceal. Don't bring in scrambled eggs. That right. would be weird. As You're a female, we don't have the best pockets and our purses get checked, but when it gets cold outside, you can easily layer things into your clothes. And as a female, they can't fully, 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 no. fully check you And now it's like kind of the, the <laughs> patless entry. You can even... Have how do you feel about that? The facial recognition software where you can just walk it's right in. It's a little in. scary. It's a little scary. I mean, they already have <laughs> pictures of us, I'm sure. So like part of me is like, oh, that's weird. And then part of me is like, they already know my social, my medical records, yeah. how fast I drive to work. <laughs> like what, what the hell's the difference? Um, but yeah, I kind of, I, I live my life um, straddling the fence of penny pinching and trying oh. to be smart like that yeah. and YOLO treat yourself. And once I get a beer or two in me at a game, it's YOLO, treat yourself. Uh, the premeditated snacks, I'm not very good at. I wish I could be. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, I, a, it's a fine I line. absolutely notoriously have smuggled flasks into games and concerts, and I am not oh, ashamed yeah. to say it. That's fine. I mean, that's a normal thing, right? And then you just maybe buy a drink to go with it. You have a whole, a whole mixed drink. You know, you 
Easy. Makes uh, it a lot cheaper. A Chris, vape pen. Chris Nevin says, uh, can you still bring in your beer can in oh. the hoagie roll? I've seen that done before. I, I believe it's as long as it's a clear uh, plastic bag, you could probably get away with it. Um, <laughs> South Jersey Jack says the beer inoculars. Can we talk about John Diggerson's tweet? I mean, uh, comment, excuse me. Should be a tweet, too. <laughs> Don't bring in anything, for those that are on listening on the podcast, don't bring in anything that is a choking hazard. The bullpen already has that covered. Oh, got their ass. John Dickerson came choosing violence this Wednesday. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to throw one more thing uh, uh, by you it. here as we're wrapping up uh, on today's show. Jimmy Rollins, one of my favorite Phillies of all time. Uh, recently was kind of thinking out loud. Now, I don't think he has any inside information, even though it is great to see him, uh, you know, around the team still and occasionally pop in the broadcast booth here and there. He was tweeting last weekend about the possibility of a certain MLB star from Millville, New Jersey, by the name of Mike Trout. Now, the Angels this past week have basically said if Mike deems that he wants to go somewhere else will be open to trade negotiations um i for one am out on mike trout this might come off as my first hot take here oh, you're not team trout i loved mike trout he's been hurt four years in a row his contract is seven years 240 million remaining yeah. your bryce harper deal your trey turner deal look like kind of bargains next to that uh, as much as I would love an outfield of Castellanos, Harper, and Trout, I'm going to pass. Um, I just don't want to bring that in and then have them break down for seven more years. Now, if the Angels want to eat $150 million of that and yeah. really get some top prospects for the Phillies, I might be swayed a little bit. Uh, but Jimmy Rollins you know, put out the tweet with two different lineups uh, one, you know, different orders of where Mike Trout would fall in the lineup. And look, for a while there, he was he was modern day Mickey Mantle. Yeah, looked like he had potential to be, you know, the greatest baseball player we've seen in a long time. And now he's breaking down on the regular. Um, I I'm out. I'm out on Mike Trout. Renee, where do you fall? <laughs> Jimmy Rollins making all the Phillies fans think about it with his tweets. Are you in or out on a potential Mike Trout deal? This is a conversation I feel like we have every single year, all the time. It's Mike Trout or not. I will say, fun fact, Mike Trout grew up in the Violin Millville area, which is where my mom grew up. And Mike Trout oh, is nice. only thir exactly, exactly to the day, 13 months older than me, um, as we both just celebrated birthdays recently. Oh. Um, so that's the only thing that we have in common. That's the only thing that I, I like about this situation. But I think Mike Trout, in general, when you look at and talk about the greats that have had strong careers. We talked about Bryce Harper needing that ring and how it'd be disappointing if Harper gets to the end of his career and doesn't have it. Mike Trout is in the same boat, and the Angels have underperformed. He's only been in that 2014 ALDS game against Kansas City, hasn't had a playoff at all appearances otherwise. Um, but that's not our problem. And Mike Trout absolutely would have made sense, as you mentioned, years ago, but it's, it's similar to... 
James Harden with the Sixers, even like Aaron Rodgers we just saw with the Jets. I think there comes a point where it's too late to make the move on, on a player because of age, because of health, because of injuries, because of money. There's so many more factors to it. Yeah. And so I think it sounds good. Let's bring Mike Trout back. He's obviously from the area. Everybody loves Mike Trout, um, but not in the sense of like what the Phillies would have to lose in order to bring in Mike Trout. I don't think that trade-off is worth it when you look at who you'd have to possibly get rid of. I know I saw rumors and different people speculating. Is it Brandon Marsh? Is it Bryson Stott? Are we willing to have those conversations? Are we ready to have those conversations? It, it would all depend on, on what the Angels are doing because if, right. they're, if they're in a rebuild, they're going to want prospects, which would tell you they'll probably eat some more of that money than you might expect. If they're not in a true rebuild and just kind of want to unload, then they're probably not going to eat that money. Um, so it's a, it's a, I, I'm just out, you know, you got money coming off the books with Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, uh, we'll, we'll determine there's plenty of time in the off season and winter meetings for those discussions. Um, but yeah. we'll see, I, I'm more keen on, I'm getting Yamamoto'd up the Japanese pitcher. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, ma he's making Otani stats look, uh, pedestrian over there right now. He, he's a young guy. I think he's 25 years old. Uh, there's another guy that's 21, the two hot Japanese pitchers. The 21-year-old might not be coming over yet, but Yamamoto might be. So I, I hate having an off-season discussion now. Yeah. But the, my, this is Jimmy Rollins' fault. Don't blame me and Renee. Jimmy <laughs> Rollins Jimmy. did this. We love you, Jimmy. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd be a little more keen on throwing a large lasso around a lot of bullpen arms and yeah. getting another starting pitcher because I, I really believe – we're probably seeing the end of Aaron Nola here as a Philly. Um, so you're going to want to supplement that. I love Ranger Suarez. I'd prefer him to be a three rather than the team's number two. Yeah. And then you also have to consider that Zach Wheeler's contract, which, by the way, is one of the greatest Phillies contracts they've ever signed, uh, is nearing its end, too. So, you're, you know, Andrew Painter is going to miss all next year. Right. You still don't know what Griff McGarry uh, and Mick Abel are going to give you, so you can't really rely on them. I'm, I'm all about getting a proven commodity in the pitching rotation next year, yeah. especially if Aaron Noll is not going to be here. And I agree. I know um, in the in the chat, I, Chris was mentioning um, a number of people have said they're out on Trout. Um, and also Which is crazy, just, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Just we have nowhere near because the assets. Because three years ago, him. it was Trout, 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 Exactly. Trout. And uh, not only do we not have the assets, but also as we talked about health or the contract, there's a lot... Mike Trout's coming with some baggage, and we all know we don't love baggage, especially baggage that we can't handle like this. And as you mentioned, is it really worth it? And also, is this a priority? I don't no, think Mike Trout no. right now is a priority. I don't think that's going to solve the problems of the Phillies and make them suddenly no. an automatic favorite for the World Series and, and, and just make this the journey to the World Series, back to the World Series to now win it easier. It doesn't, I mean, it sounds good from a storyline perspective sure. of like, oh, welcome back home. We know he's an Eagles fan. We know he was a part of the 2008 parade when the Phillies won. By the way, he's, Eagles, he's all things. stop giving Mike Trout footballs. <laughs> the dude's got access to whatever the hell he, he wants in this life. He's got great seats. Stop giving him footballs. He doesn't oh. need more footballs. Throw it to a kid in the stands. Do you Mike mean, Trout's fine. Do you mean that $426.5 million deal yeah, is not enough okay. to buy his own football? Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> like, he's got enough. One's fine. Now he's got like five or six. I'm it's gonna, just getting gluttonous. I'm going to go out and, and extend that a little bit further. Of I, I love the fact you want to show love when you have yeah. people at the game. There's other ways to show love. Show them on the Jumbotron, on the screen. Get them access to some things. You don't have to gift them certain no. things. Maybe Mike Trout's turning around and giving it to a kid. Let's hope. 
But no, come on, he's got enough football. Yeah, Stop yeah, it, Eagles. Enough, enough. But I do think, and also just in general, that's getting that's been played out. Yeah. But um, overall, I agree. I think when we're looking across the board for the Phillies, the need is in the bullpen. The Absolutely. need is not Mike Trout. And so it doesn't make sense to do all make all of these moves um, when we don't know the future of Mike Trout yeah. health-wise. We don't know how the contract will work out. And we don't need Mike Trout right now in that sense, which yeah. is wild, to, as you mentioned, to even think about when years ago, Mike Trout, we thought was the answer, yeah, yeah. especially pre-Bryce Harper, yeah. that would solve all of the Phillies' problems. And everybody in the chat's going, what about Otani? What about Otani? <laughs> I really Ooh. don't believe... Look, John Middleton's a madman. I love him for the way he's he's gone about this, uh, you know, after the decade of, uh, you know... Just awfulness. He, he's attacking this with money. He's paying the luxury tax. He's going for it in a big way. I really don't believe Otani is going to mm -hmm. be an option for them. As much as I would love them, uh, love him. I mean, he's going to set. Well, now he's got the Tommy John potential surgery, so we'll see. Yeah. But I mean, this man could be looking at a six or seven hundred million dollar uh, contract. He's, you know, top three. He was top three in Silver Slugger. He was top three in Cy Young. We've never seen anything like him. Never. Um, I'm out on it. It's a little too rich for my blood. <laughs> the rumors are, you know, Dodgers, uh, part of the Mariners are still owned by Nintendo, which is, you know, a very famous Japanese company. Uh, some people think there might be some ties there to that. Um, so I don't think Otani's going to happen. But it would I want to cool. throw the question out there. What would you be willing to give up? And I'm not just talking about on the Phillies roster. What in this life, in your life, would you be willing to give up for Otani if that was a possibility? I'm asking you guys. I'm asking you. Would you give your firstborn? Would you, <laughs> <laughs> would you give up? No. I don't know. Would you I give love up you, for your? <laughs> what would you be willing to give up to make it happen that we get Otani in? Philly? I would consider giving up golf, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. Like you Joey. never can hit the golf course again. Yeah, you can, not even not mini golf, not top golf, not any golf course. Mm. You're no longer golfing. The clubs are gone. We're we're I, selling them. I need to I need to sleep on that. I don't I don't know if Otani's gonna get me over that one. Uh, yeah. But speaking of Mike Trout, <laughs> the one thing he's bringing to the area is an awesome Tiger Woods designed golf course coming to South Jersey. Well, you wouldn't be able to be at that yeah, golf course. Yeah, I wouldn't if be Otani's able to play it if we had Otani. And you so. are no longer able to attend that golf course. Before I consider answering that, I need to know. Otani Tani's stance on socks versus no socks. So <laughs> once I get that piece of information, I'll, I'll formulate my opinion for you. And Renee's got the uh, the UGG slippers here. Go See, now, this is a little psycho to me because my feet are sweating just looking at you. You got the <laughs> socks inside the UGGs. Those listen, babies got to be like listen, 115 degrees in there. Just for reference, <laughs> I absolutely do. My shoes like half on. Um, it's like a cloudy day today. It's I'm. This is when I'm. This is I'm painting the picture. It's a cloudyish day. We were up late yeah, on the post game yeah. show. I actually have shoes in my bag okay. that I literally was going to change into. I'm gonna go into. walk around barefoot in and some puddles I don't outside. Like, like because of. Just, I want to be comfortable. Like, I'm the type, <laughs> I get home, the first thing I do is put on my comfy socks. And we yeah. were talking about this off air with one of our producers, Marissa. Um, I put on my comfy socks. I put on my slippers. To me, that's like, I am home. Cajun you know, I am home. I just, yeah. I don't wear socks with flip-flops or anything like that. I just want to clarify that. In the summertime, yeah, I'm not wearing yeah. socks with sandals or something. No Jesus sandals or anything. But I do love a nice, comfy pair of socks. And today felt like a socks day. Yeah. Well, just hopefully we're a nice, comfy listen for you here uh, on our third. 
third show, uh, our second daily live show. We did the post game last night. Uh, and come playoff time, a couple things to expect from us. You're going to see some great written content from Charlie O'Connor here as the season comes uh, down to an end. Uh, you're going to see some social media stuff. We'd love for you to follow at uh, PHLY underscore sports uh, at PHLY underscore Phillies. Those are going to be kind of our indicators to you when we're going live online on YouTube. About an hour after each show on YouTube daily, uh, that's going to be transformed into a podcast. Renee and I will be tweeting out the podcast links. If you could uh, leave us five-star reviews so my sensitive ass can sleep properly <laughs> at night, uh, I would really appreciate that. So we just, you know, we'd love for you to follow along. Head to allphly.com. Um, we got some great tailgate packages. We had a ton of diehard memberships day one. Want to keep that going because it's awesome. You get access to the Discord in there. I was watching the Phillies game with Renee and Tyler last night, hopping in the Discord, chopping it up with the good people. So we got a lot of great stuff going on here at PHLY. This is the PHLY Phillies podcast for Renee Washington. I'm Jamie Lynch. We will be back tomorrow morning, hopefully talking about a split series versus the Atlanta Braves and not not a one in three series versus the best team in baseball. See you tomorrow. We all silly like the mayor.